Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is time for Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. I am Scott Goldbranson, your host, and along with my co-host and my partner in this show. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you better do it. Make sure you get your wherever you get your podcast. Just hit subscription and then hit the auto download and wherever you come to your your audio when you show up there and there's a new show this little icon of mo stands up and it says midtown mo midtown mo no i'm just kidding it'll just be there for you so you can download it and get ready to roll and listen to the later latest show so we appreciate you doing that as well we are an odyssey original podcast and we appreciate your support if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscription button and also Make sure you like it, but then also hit the the uh, notification bell. That way, whenever we have a new show, guess what happens? You get a notification, a little ding ding, to tell you that we are back on your screen screen to talk some Raiders football. All right, so we are back. Mo Moten is again my partner here. He is a national writer over at Bleacher Report, covering the NFL in its entirety, but also covers the Raiders and is a Raiders columnist. He's been very busy this week, by the way with Raiders columns up on sportsnot.com. So make sure you go and check that out. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Mo, we're going to dive right in. Uh, Raider Nation is just fired up over all sorts of things. And we're going to talk about some of those subjects tonight. 
But uh, we we dubbed this show kind of what's the plan, and that's what we got to get into, and we're going to get into that over the next few minutes. But the, the reality of the situation here, Mo, and you said it the other day, I think it was on Sunday, and, and I agree with you, even though I resisted using the word for a long, long time, is it's a rebuild. Uh, and some people aren't happy with that. Some people say you can't rebuild when you have all this talent on offense, they say, blah, blah, blah. Tell us your thoughts on this. We'll get into the Raiders free agency moves more in depth next segment. But overall, talk to me about the rebuild. Talk to me about uh, this Raiders team and why there might be some, at least at this moment, room for concern. It's a rebuild. Now, some people will say, you know, when you look at some of these articles, they'll they'll put out these other words to describe what a rebuild is. This is a rebirth. This is a revolutionary <laughs> period. This is a transition. This is a re, you know, all types. It's a rebuild. You know, that's, it's a rebuild. That's, that's exactly what this is because you can look at the characteristics of what the Raiders are doing right now. What are they doing right now? They, they replaced their QB. They're signing a lot of guys that are culture fit or system fits. Mm -hmm. They're conservative in free agency. And that's usually what you see when a new regime takes over, comes in, a new head coach, a new general manager. What do they do? They dump some of the guys that were starters from the previous regime. They they change their quarterback situation. They get rid of the quarterback that was there, and they get a bridge gap guy who's now Jimmy G. And then they go into free agency. They don't spend too much in free agency. They just put a bunch of stock gaps in areas where they need talent. And then they go into the draft. They compile draft picks. That's, that's another big characteristic of a rebuild. They compile a lot of draft picks. The Rays have 12 draft picks. I know a lot of people are going to say a lot of them are after are after round three, and I get that. But the Raiders still have four top 100 draft picks and one at 109. Let's remember that Max Crosby, who's their best defensive player, was pick 106 in the 2019 draft. Fourth so before round? you dismiss all these fourth and fifth round picks, let's just remember when Max Crosby was drafted. People say, well, that's an outlier. And I agree. He is an outlier. You don't come easy to see Max Crosby's in the fourth round. But – my point stands the fact that the Raiders have to focus on the draft and developing that draft talent because that's why they're in this mess right now. <laughs> it's because they haven't been able to draft well. On Monday, yeah. I brought a tweet. I asked Raider fans. I said, when was the last Raiders draft that you felt was an above average class? And you know what most of them said? 2014. Right. The Derek Carr was drafted. Dar Absolutely. The, the Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, uh, Gabe Jackson, Jelly Ellis, that yep. draft. I believe yep. Shelby Harris is also on that draft class too. But it CJ Carey as well, who was solid. But that goes to show you by that answer, you haven't had an above average draft class in nearly a decade. Yeah. So Crazy. what do you think is going to happen to your talent pool? You have to keep spending money in fragency because you're drafting poorly. So if you look at the Raiders dead cat right now, so not only did they have they drafted poorly over the past nine years, they owe 30 million in dead cap to players that are not <laughs> on their roster. Right. A third of that dead cap money is going to Corey Littleton. He's he's still getting $10 million for not being on a Raiders roster. Carl Nassib is getting $5 million for not being on the roster. Alex Otherwood is getting $3.9 million for not being on the roster. Kayan Drake is getting $4.4 million for not being on the roster. So you've drafted poorly, you've signed poorly, and you're still paying players for not on the roster. What do you expect? A yeah. rebuild. Yeah. And it, it, what's interesting too, Mo, is I said at the first day of free agency when the, the two-hour freakout occurred – I think for a lot of fans, because the Raiders hadn't signed names by then, is I, I I made a comment about playing chess. And I think people misconstrued it at the time because 
it wasn't just like there was some massive move coming, although I did think that they would make at least one big signing, which they did not, uh, outside of Garoppolo, that is. And But my point was the chess game is a long game, meaning that if you look at what this team is doing and what they need to do, and you and I have been saying this consistently, by the way, which is to build a long-term winning team, you have to build through the draft. And guess what? Somebody said it to me yesterday. Yeah, they're not going to draft enough guys to make that defense really good in one year. And and you're right. They're not going to. And so what they're doing by not signing this whole slew of high-name free agents, and I've seen people say, well, how come you didn't sign this guy? He's only $8 million. This guy was only $6 million. Let me tell you, it adds up. And to your point about the money that's in the dead cap to people like Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib, it precludes you from doing that. You can do it. You can go out and make big splashes. But is it long-term going to make you better? I know fans are tired of hearing it. I don't blame them. So they want excitement. They want to see that the corner is being turned. The unfortunate part is because of those bad drafts, you talked about it, almost a decade without a good draft, an overall draft, and then the last three or four have been horrific. What happens is you can't. You have to, You have at some point, you have to stop. You have to build the talent on your roster with young talent especially with your contract situation and your cap situation, and you have to go from there. And that's where the Raiders are at. So, yes, call it a rebuild. Um, and a lot of people then bring up, Mo, and I want to get your answer because you have a great answer for this one. You see everybody say, well, they came in last year and they didn't say it was going to be rebuilding. They kept Derek Carr and they gave him that extension. They gave him the Waller extension, which you and I were both against. And then, of course, uh, they signed Max Crosby, they, Devontae Adams to the big contract. The answer to that, to me, is very simple, but I'll let you give it. For why they came into this? And why why they didn't call it a rebuild last year. A lot of people think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis lied to the fans by saying, no, we're not doing a rebuild. And, and I've always said that, and you've said, I know, which is, well, at the time, that's what they truly believed. I'm not making, I'm not trying to play semantics. I'm just right. saying things change when you get in. It's like, Hey, I bought this business and I get in and they tell me the employees are great. So I go in, I work for six months and I realize, Whoa, I got to fire half the staff because they don't fit my mold. Right. And I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said right there. They tried with the man Gruden guys. Yes. For the most part. Now, Alex Leatherwood, they gave him a whole camp. They said that we'll see what he's got. He didn't fit the mold. They waived him. Jonathan Abram in the middle of the season, they gave him, a, they gave Jonathan Abram a chance, former first round pick, didn't fit the mold apparently, cut him in the middle of the season. Cleveland Farrell, who's now with the 49ers, gave him a chance, didn't do much with the new regime. His snap count had dropped basically every year from his rookie season. So there are guys that they've tried. Derek Carr, prime example, mm-hmm. they tried. Mm-hmm. You know, they kept him. It, he didn't fit the mold. There, are, there are reports now that he wasn't a culture fit. So it wasn't like. Dave Ziegler and Josh Gaddeus came in and let these guys go immediately. They gave these guys, some of them through training camp, some of them through half the season, some of them for the most for most of the season, like Carr and Cleveland Farrell, to, to show, okay, I can fit the mold of what you want. And it just didn't work out. So now that that didn't work out, you got to change course. You got to pivot. And what do you do? You have to get rid of guys. You have to bring in some of your own guys. Culture fits, system fits, as I said at the beginning of the show, yep. that fit what you're looking for. And that's, that doesn't happen overnight because you have something called, I know people say the cap is a, you know, cap room is a myth, but you, it's not a myth. It's very manageable in a certain sense. But yeah. if you're doing, if you're transitioning from one regime to another, 
you can't do everything in one shot. You have to kind of do it in segments and spurts in certain periods of time. So they let some guys go at the camp. They let some guys go during the season. They let some guys go after the season was over. And now what you're seeing is, as I said, the rebuild with the system fits and the cheap contracts coming in. And listen, I was there when they signed Corey Littleton and applauded it because Corey Littleton like was coming off a great year. Everybody thought it was a great signing. But mm -hmm. and, and even Carl Nassib, some of these guys that they brought in that you mentioned that they're still paying, okay, mm -hmm. this is why they're in that position. Because Gruden and Mayock didn't draft well. They didn't, they didn't build the roster well enough. So what did they do? They were reactionary. They went out and spent big money in free agency. And then it came back to haunt them. And it's still haunting them today. So I'm not saying you don't make plays. And we're going to, again, we're going to get into it more in depth in the next segment as we go through some of these guys assigned. Because I do believe, especially on the defense, the Raiders have signed bodies. They're the third most active team in free agency, believe it or not. Uh, and I think, I think from a, a cost perspective, it's the same. But they have not done anything markedly... <sighs> notable to make the defense better they've 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 signed special teams guys very important your buddy brett your your co-worker at uh bleacher report talked about that yesterday he's absolutely true you got to watch those signings they're sneaky important but they've done nothing to the front line defense that fans can see so i understand the frustration and we'll get into that but this idea that you have to make a massive splash isn't right i'm not excusing because i do think again they fell a little short so far but I think you have to look at it from the long term. And I know the fans who say, I'm tired of waiting, and I don't blame you. But at least this regime has to be given the opportunity for two to three years to try to build the roster with young players. And, and you just hit on a point that I wanted to raise on this show is that this is why you don't run out a GM and a head coach after one year, unless you <laughs> dolly know that this guy is not a head coach like Nathaniel right. Hackett in Denver. You knew like the way he was screwing up with game management, clock management, all that stuff. You oh, knew yeah. he wasn't fit to be a head coach. But for the most part, you give guys more than a year because in certain in certain situations, especially with Gruden and Mayock, you got to come in and fix the mistakes that the last administration made. Right. Right. So not only are you trying to build your own roster under, under through your lens, through your vision, you got to correct some of the past mistakes. And like I said, the Raiders are now paying thirty million in dead cap money to players who are not even on the roster. At twenty four, if you exclude Derek Carr, because they did try it with Derek Carr. So if you exclude him, that's about twenty four million in guys that you know previous regime tried it out with it didn't work. The other point I want to make is that a lot of people will bring up the 2019 draft. And I will say the 2019 draft wasn't bad because a lot of people ask me about, what about the 2019 draft? Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. I get that. It was a good, decent draft, but it, been, it should have been so much better. That draft class should have been the foundation for the Raiders' positive future. You had three draft picks in the first round. You had four in the top 40. And only one's around. Three of the four guys. Right. Three, three to four guys not even on the roster. Right. Farrell just signed the 49ers. Abram was cut in the middle of the season. Tra uh, Trayvon Mullen didn't make it to week one. He right. was traded to the Cardinals. He was banged up. He, I believe he, he was coming off of the surgery. But those three of those top four picks didn't work out. That should have been the foundation for your future. And when you failed and when you whip on so many of those top picks, it's yep. going to set you back. And I, and I hate the argument when people say, well, just imagine Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro were first-round picks. No. No. Because you know why? Leave those guys in the third round. They were third. They were, they were day three gems. Right. Could you imagine if you had hit on at least one or two more of those first round picks? 
Absolutely. Forget about rearranging the order and saying, well, just imagine this is a yeah. first round guy. No, because you yeah. could have hit on actual first round guys and had a home run draft class just like 2014, but they didn't. Yeah. They whiffed. You, I mean, you look at, you could have had DK Metcalf instead of Jonathan Abram. Just saying, right? I mean, there's no. there's plenty of examples from that first round that year. And listen, not every first rounder makes it. Not every draft pick makes it. We talk about the Raiders having to nail this draft, and they do, but it's not going to be 100%. Nobody does 100%. Very rarely. The Chiefs last year were a good example of a team who hit on a very high percentage of their draft picks, at least for last year. Whether they sustain that, we don't know. We don't know if those players will continue that, but they they sure had a lucky year, and they got a really good draft class. But you can't expect that every year. It's just, to me, though, people have to understand that, again, you, you, you go get free agents when you need them, and you see a guy get signed by another team, and I understand from a fan perspective why it makes them angry, because it's like, he didn't cost that much. But at the same time, you have to build that roster. You have to build younger players. And, yes, it means some short-term pain. There's no question. A lot of fans say to me, three, four wins. That could be. It could be six wins again. It could be seven. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, really, it's hard, Mo, for us to know exactly what this team's going to look like. As, as, as head-scratching as it's been in some ways so far, until you have the final roster, you just don't know. I, I'll say this. With all that said, because I would have – done things differently i would have made at least one or two splashes in free agency because that defense needs a Agreed. lot of help it needs a lot they of need help. at least it needs at least four or five starters and as people on twitter say the raider fans out there are saying the chances of you hitting on four or five stars on defense are very low very low so you're not going to fix that defense in one offseason i get that so no. that's why i say the raiders should make should have made one or two splashes they still have time but you know the, the names are dwindling at this point but you have to understand though that we don't know what the plan is, but what I can tell you, what I can tell you is that when you see other rebuilds happen around the league, this is exactly what it looks like. No yeah. big swings in free agency, focus on the draft because of the cheap contracts and hope that the young guns can, can contribute right away. Mo, before we go to the break here, though, I want to hit on that one point. It'll take us a couple more minutes, but you said it this week in the conversation you were having with somebody, and that was... Look, because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you have to lose, right? It, I mean, listen, I'm not saying this is going to be a Super Bowl team. I've said that all along. But because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you have to be a two-win team. You don't have to be Houston from last year. You could yeah. still be a team that is close, maybe even closer to 500 than it was this year. Maybe you win seven games. Maybe you win six again. But you don't have to be a, a downright awful team when you rebuild. You can actually re rebuild quickly. People are like, I don't want to wait another five years. Again, you look at Jacksonville, you look at Cincinnati, what they were able to do now. Cincinnati had the number one draft pick in the, in, the, in the entire draft, so I get that. But if you look at Jacksonville, I think it's a good example. Again, they have a franchise quarterback, but look how terrible they were this, a season ago, and then they're a playoff team this year. So I'm not saying the Raiders are five years out, but I think the Raiders in a couple of years, a couple of good drafts, some hopefully free agent signings over the next couple of years, and they can get to the point where they're a playoff team. They can, but I will say this. Because of the way they've handled free agency, it puts a lot of pressure on this year's draft class. Does Dave Ziegler has to hit this draft class out of the park because if he doesn't, they are going to be a three-four win team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if he has a strong, if he has a Seattle Seahawks like draft class, a New York Jet like draft class, a New York Giant like draft class, I I graded the all three draft classes for Bleach Report. I gave them all A's, and they all and they for the most part panned out to look like pretty good draft classes. But again. 
you have to have the scouting department to find the right players, and you have to have the coaches to develop those players, no matter where they're drafted, first round, fifth round, sixth round. If you don't have the coaching staff to develop those players, you're going to get stuck with a lot of inactives, healthy scratches, guys who don't play, guys who play minimal snaps or just special teamers. So the Raiders have a lot going on this year as far as the draft is concerned, but that's the make or break of this year, of this regime. It's not free agency, though I would like to have seen more free agent pickups from Raiders. The make or break is this year's draft class. No question. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back here on Silver and Black today. We're going to delve into what the Raiders have done so far, why it's been disappointing, and what we can perhaps learn from it. Uh, and then we will also, in the third segment, we're going to hear from Mo. Mo did a great column up on Sports Not, Sports Not about remaining free agents that are out there that the Raiders still could sign. So there is some hope still. It might be dwindling as these guys come off the board, but we're going to get to that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. We roll on here on a Tuesday. Thanks for being with us. If you subscribe to the podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate your support. If you don't, please do wherever you get your audio. And don't forget... Turn on the auto download. That's right. It'll be pushed right to you, Mo and Scott, right there on your precious little phone whenever you want to listen and hear about Raiders football 
we'll be there with you because we are an Odyssey original podcast. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for the subscription. Hit that and also hit the notifications bell so we can be with you. Mo Moten with you, Scott Branson as well as we talk and we roll on with uh, Raiders Free Agency. All right, Mo, we're going to dive into this and kind of give some 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 perspective to what the Raiders have done so far. And if we look at what they've done, uh, yeah, no splash on defense, n- no question. They addressed the quarterback. We'll get into that in a minute. But if you look at that week of free agency, what did they do? Okay, they, they tagged Josh Jacobs. They re-signed several players, Amir Abdullah. Um, they re-signed Brandon Parker, Jesper Horstead, Roderick Teamer. They trade Darren Waller to the New York Giants for a third-round draft pick. Then they signed Jacoby Myers. Brandon Faison comes back. Marcus Epps, Philip Dorsett, the wide receiver, and, of course, Robert Spillane, the linebacker. And then they go out and signed Jimmy Garoppolo, Jerry Tillery, and then a bunch of other guys uh, to re-sign as well, including Jermaine Illuminor. And they released their long snapper, Trent Sieg, as they signed Jacob Bobbin Moyer. That's a hard Bobbin Moyer. Anyway, so they did this. And if you look at these signings, it, it's no wonder fans are not excited because outside of understanding who your quarterback's going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe with uh, getting face on back, Epps is a pretty good little player. Jacoby Myers, a good wide receiver, but nothing on defense. When you look and evaluate this early free agency period, um, if you had to give this sort of a letter grade or a pass or a fail, which one do you give it? It's a fail for me. <laughs> I mean, look, Raider, I, I believe it's uh, Raider Beat on Twitter, posted a question. What position has have the Raiders improved over last year? Mm-hmm. I had to stop and think about it. I'm like, nowhere. I mean, and, and, I, and I tried to make the case for quarterback bef- before the Derek Carr stands jumped on my back about this. Oh, and yeah. I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. There was a quarterback draft. I would draft Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you consider the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to be a better fit for Josh McDaniel's system, you would think that you're going to get better quarterback play out of Jimmy Garoppolo than you got out of Derek Carr. So, again, I'm not saying Garoppolo is a better overall quarterback than Carr. I'm saying if he is a better fit for that offense, you are going to get better production out of the position. But outside of that, there are no upgrades from the previous year on this roster. Well, I would I would argue that in one small, tiny little way. You ready? Now, now I've been very optimistic lately, and people have been very negative about it, but I'm going to tell you that although they have, to me, the best wide receiver in the game, they got better at wide receiver. Just saying. I'm not saying that's a point of emphasis they needed to have. They needed defense, right? So I think that's where this coming from. But I would say with Jacoby Meyer... And Philip yeah. Dorsett there, that they're better at the two and the three or the slot there. and the three, mm-hmm. like that. But but again, that's maybe semantics. But I agree with you. When you look at all of the signings, and to your point, and to the point that Raiders beat made with their poll question, where did they get better, especially on defense? And the answer is nowhere. I mean, they, they just didn't. And and that is a big concern. And, I, you know, I was saying the last show, boy, I think they're going to make a move on defense. You and I kind of talked about that. And they didn't do that or they haven't yet. And so it makes you wonder. We started the show talking about, quote, unquote, the plan. Um, It's hard to know what the plan is here unless they're on a two-year plan and they're just not saying it, which is we're going to hit and draft this year. 
And then next year we might sign a free agent when we get some of this money off our cap and then have to draft another good year. So I, I don't know, Mo, if you had to guess, what is it? I think I kind of touched on it in the first segment. There, there is in a rebuild year. Again, this is year two under Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. But this is probably what you see a lot in year one of a rebuild. Yeah, initial year of a new coach and a GM. So, yeah. so the plan basically to me from what it looks like so far is you go cheap and free to see because you have 30 million in dead cap that you're playing players not on the roster. And then you go young, you go just completely young at, at positions of need, wherever you have a need, you're going to try to plug a rookie in there. Now you're super optimistic. If you think rookies going to fill all those spots, cause they're not, <laughs> you know, their injuries is competition. Rookies sometimes take a while to transition. They're not going to fill all of those spots, but the plan is clearly to go young because Remember, they they gave an extension to Hunter Renfro. They gave an extension to Max Crosby. They had the dead cap money owed to all of these players. So you have to have a balance there. And as I said, you now you have a lot of holes to fill because the previous regime had so many missteps in certain areas. Now you have to try to fill it with cheap contracts. And you do that by one-year deals. You see on Monday they signed Jordan Willis and Jaquan Johnson and – OJ Howard. Now they trade. Now they created a hole at tight end when they traded Darren Waller. But there's sure. a story behind that. Now that's circling that people are conversing about now about Darren Waller and his bye week. Why that may have happened, the trade. But they created a hole there too. So now they have to spread the money that they have to fill all of these holes. And I said that on Monday, Dave Ziegler finally woke up out of his uh, cave, started making a <laughs> bunch of smaller signings. The guys that you see signed on Monday are going to compete with the rookies that they draft. Right. So these one-year contract guys are going to battle for a roster spot with some of the rookies coming out. So if the rookies yeah. win a job, so be it. That's a that's a positive because then you have a rookie, you have a guy in a rookie contract who can contribute. If the veterans win the battle, <laughs> then you sit your rookies behind in a backup position, let your veterans get a chance to maybe start a new chapter and, and turn their new leaf with a new team. And you're hoping they produce, but that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's veterans on short one year deals versus rookies coming in this year at the positions of need. And I think some of the, some of the, the angst and the, and the, the, the kind of head scratching for the fans is that you look at sport track and you see the Raiders have spent the fifth most in free agency this year. And you're like, for what? I think that's part of it, right? When you, see, when you just look at the dollar figure and you think, wait a minute, but I also think if you look at it from the perspective of what we mentioned earlier, which is if you have guys that don't fit your system, even backups, you have to clear them out. So I think a lot of these guys you're talking about, exactly, roles where you're going to compete with a rookie or special teams roles, uh, these backup roles, they're bringing in people they believe can play better in their system. It's not sexy, and in fact, it's the opposite of that. It's sort of like the sausage-making uh, of football, which is, yeah, you, we got we to gotta get guys in who buy in, and that means we're going to have to take it down a notch, even though we're spending this money, just to get things on an equal foundation here so we can build it the way we want. Then, of course, the onus is on them, including Dave Ziegler, to build and to draft and to later on get free agents that will supplement that class to, to turn this team around. But I agree with you, and I just think that people are they're looking for some hope they're looking for, hey, at least they got a player up front on defense. Or, hey, at least they got a, a, a safety because we need a safety. They're not seeing that, Mo. What's the chances they do see something like that between now and the draft? Well, here are the two names that I really like 
suppose I think Rappaport, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said that the Raiders have a visit with Austin Hooper. I think that's a solid move at the tight end position because he could start right away. And I think Austin Hooper with the rookie tight end and our guy Jesper Horstead as a three tight end room, I think that's pretty solid. So if they get Austin Hooper, that's a good get. The other name that I was hoping they would close the deal with is Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, half of Raider fans don't know who Andrew Van Ginkle is, but (laughs) I'll take you back to 2020. Andrew Van Ginkle probably had his best game against Raiders, but that's not my evidence to sign him. Overall, he's a pretty good edge rusher, number three behind Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Just look at his numbers. Just look at his production. Ask any Dolphins fan who Andrew Van Ginkle is, and they'll tell you who he is. And I think he's a solid rotational player. Because let's remember, the Raiders tried to fill that third edge rusher role because they don't seem too fond of Malcolm Kuntz. Malcolm Kuntz didn't play a lot. I think he played 6% of the defensive snaps last year. The mm-hmm. Raiders tried to basically replace him. They signed Jordan Jenkins. They signed Kyler Fackrell, and both those players got hurt with season-ending injuries before week one. So they're clearly trying to fill that third edge rusher role and kind of push Malcolm Kuntz to the back. Apparently not too high on him. But the other point I want to make, <laughs> the spending, and the point where I think was brought up by Josh DeBov, um Associated Press, he said, the Raiders are fifth in spending. Why are you guys not happy about that? They're actually active. And I told, and I told another Raider fan, I said, that's misleading because – the Raiders, mm-hmm. remember, the Raiders signed a quarterback. Yes. The most expensive position out there. Yes. And they signed arguably the best quarterback on the market. So if you're going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo his contract, that skews the spending numbers. So it doesn't mean that they were great. They were super active. It just means that they spent a lot of money on one player, and that's that quarterback position. Because all the other signings, to me, in my opinion, are depth signings. Even Marcus Sepps, he could be your third safety, Thursday, but I think yeah. he's more of a special teamer. The guys that right. signed today, Joe Willis, Jaquan Johnson, those guys may not even make the roster. O.J. Howard may not even make the roster. No. He's Don't get me wrong, recognizable name, but he hasn't done much in three years. He has 35 catches in three years. 35 catches in three years. I mean, just, just nothing. Right. Yeah, so, and, and, and so again, that's where I think they're waiting. They're waiting for, there are free agents still out there. We're going to talk about those uh, you had a bunch in your column uh, up at Sports Knot just a few days ago. We'll get into those in a minute. Uh, but but the other thing is, I, I think it just, again, points to what we talked about in the first two segments, which is they're going to go young. And and that means going young, you're not going to fill all the positions in one year, but you're going to go on the cheap. You're going to go on the cheap, not only with the young guys, which is the right approach, but also with free agents. And if you can get a better free agent on defense uh, as time goes on and their price goes down, then I think they'll do it, Mo. But I think overall, I mean, maybe one name comes in. I just, I just feel like they got a pass from Mark Davis, right? We, you and I have been talking about this for months. Do they have the, hey, do it the right way. So if you need a, a divot year, go ahead and take it. It's a mulligan, which is now going to be this year. Uh, and then I will expect to see progress in the following year. I think that's where they're at. I believe it's more of the, because I'm sure Raider fans don't want to hear head coaches and general managers getting a mulligan, a mulligan saying, oh, you can go and get four or three, four wins. No big deal because we know this is a long-term plan. Fans don't want to hear that. Our producer, no. David Stepanian, doesn't want to hear that. No. So you have to understand, I think what it is is you could go young, but we want to see progress. Go young, but we don't want to see, like, okay, you go from winning, going from 6-11 and 11 to 4-13, and 3-14 and 14 with no progress from your young guys. If you're going to go young, if you're going to take this route – your young guys better produce. You better land some starters in your draft class, and they better. And some of them better look like cornerstone roster players, or else you're in trouble. Now, I, I will say I don't think they're going to fire 
either Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziggler in the middle of the season, they're gonna they're gonna get their full second year because you kind of have to see how the roster pans out from September to January. Right. But their guys have to show some progress. That roster has to show some steps forward, not some steps back. Absolutely. Um, and you look at this, Mo, and you and I have always believed, I think you did a piece on it as well on Bleacher Reporter on Sports Not, talking about how, hey, yeah, the Raiders signed Garoppolo, but they still may get a quarterback. For me, I'm starting to move away from them. I'm starting to think that if they are going this route, maybe with that seven pick, if that's where they stay, they're going to go defense maybe because they, they, they're going to need an, an, a bona fide playmaker uh, on defense, and they could probably get one at seven. We'll see what they do there. A lot of people want Jalen Carter because he's going to fall, of course, because of what happened at his pro day. But I'm starting to think that might impact what they do, and they might put the quarterback thing off for another year and go defense instead. What do you think of that? I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on really quick. And just, <laughs> and just This is my theory, okay? Okay. This is uh, why I feel like the Raiders are going to go quarterback at seven with a, with a, with a condition. Okay. Multiple reports have come out from The Athletic, from Peter King of NBC Sports, saying that the Raiders were in on trying to get that number one pick. Now, there are varying reports about how involved they were, but the point is, it's pretty consistent that they were interested. Yeah. So what that tells me is they like at least one or two guys at the top of the draft class. So what if one of the two guys that they thought would go or not be available is actually available at seven or available at let's say five where they can move mm. up or available at three where the Cardinals don't need a quarterback and they can move up and get that guy at three. So let's remember the Cardinals don't need a quarterback. So if, if the Raiders like, I'm just going to use this as an example, if the Raiders like Will Levis and Bryce Young and CJ struggle one and two, whatever order. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders really liked Will Levis. You don't think they would consider moving up to three to get a Will Levis. If they think that could be their franchise guy. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because no. if the reports say that they they wanted that one pick, you don't trade up to number one to get a defensive tackle. <laughs> you trade up to number one to get a quarterback. So apparently they like somebody up there. Yes, and and I know to many Raiders fans and our, our listeners, that drives them nuts because they know how much the defense needs. And while I understand and I do not disagree on one point, the other point is the NFL, to win in the NFL, you have to have your franchise quarterback. And so if the Raiders are in a position and they believe they have their guy and he's there, then they will take him. I still think the chances are less now because of what's happening. But to your point, Mo, if they can move up to five or three and get that guy, then I think they do it because, again, you're already in rebuilding mode. You're not going to even need the quarterback to start. But if you're in that rebuilding mode... Yeah, that's your number one. You still have all those other picks. You have 11 other picks in the draft. By the way, you can take, you have an extra third. You can trade the two threes for a two and a future uh, pick to move high in the second round and grab a good defender. Cause the, the, the draft has a dearth of good defenders from up front to cornerback and some linebackers even. So you can, you can package those picks and move up into the second round and get another pick there and get that that playmaker on defense. So you get your franchise quarterback and a defender, and then, yeah, then it falls off a little bit, and you got to hit on some later-round picks. But there's always things you can do there, and I think that's, again, what I was saying about chess game, that's where you have to start to think about it. Think about what they can do in the second round. People forget about the second round, especially the top of the second round, which is at the end of the first, you know, you're know, you close there. you got a lot of good talent there. So it'll be fascinating to see what they do. Here's the other thing, and I – 
laid this out in my column on Sports Night was the fact that Jimmy, let's not ignore the elephant in the room, Jimmy G's injury history. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about it last week. We can't ignore that. And if Jimmy G were to get hurt, of course, we hope he doesn't. But if he does get hurt, what better way to, to introduce your rookie quarterback than to put him in, you know, on the fly? Now, you may yeah. not want to do that early in week two or three if Jimmy G <laughs> were to get hurt because maybe too early for a rookie. But let's say it happens in week 13 or 14. You put your rookie quarterback out there and now he gets valuable experience that he'll need going forward. And you can kind of make that slow transition from Jimmy G to your rookie quarterback getting some valuable reps there. You Would you rather your rookie quarterback, who's your potential future, getting those reps? Or would you rather like Blaine Gabbard or Brian Hoyer getting those reps? <laughs> I would rather exactly. give that to my rookie quarterback who's going to eventually play because we all know Brian Hoyer is at the end of his career. Now, Brian Hoyer is not on the roster. I don't want to scare our producer or any Raider fans listening. Brian Hoyer is not on the roster yet. They did have a visit with Blaine Gabbard, though. Blaine but we Gabbard. all know that those two guys are not the future of this franchise, even if no. they were to sign. It's so if Jimmy G were to go down, you would want your future to get those snaps. And I think if the Raiders look at it from, okay, Jimmy G has missed 18 games in the last three years, where the chances that he gets hurt are very high, and that reflects in his contract, get a rookie who could step in and possibly play right away, right away and get those valuable snaps in. Absolutely. Yeah, because you know what? They can get in for two or three games, get the experience that will help them in the following year. They don't even have to be the long-term starter or take over. They just got to fill in and get that experience, get those early rookie jitters out so that when they hit camp in the second year, they're ready to maybe even compete for the job, even though Jimmy G will be on his second year and he'll probably be around for that. So good stuff. All right, we're going to step aside, take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get to Mo. What, who's, who, what's the best of the rest out there? So if, if the Raiders are going to do something to improve that defense or fill some other holes, what could they do? Mo did a list. I think maybe one or two of the guys came off the list already, but we'll talk about that when we get back here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. This is the home stretch, final segment of our Tuesday edition of the show. If you don't already subscribe to our Odyssey original podcast, please do so wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you turn on the auto download. That way it's always there. Again, a hearty hello to our viewers on YouTube who are participating in the chat just to the side here. Always great uh, times there talking with everybody out there. A special shout out to Double M out in Hawaii. Aloha, mahalo, however you want to put it. Good for you. Good to talk to you, man. Uh, but anyway, we're back. It is Scalco Branson. It is my partner, Mo Moten. And we are going to give you some hope. We were in the break talking to our producer, David Stepanian, 
who was unbridled positive Raider fan, and then Midtown Mo, who we now changed his name to Morbid Mo. Uh, David kind of lost his steam, Mo, for the Raiders. You, you mean you, he, we went to the after the first break, we came on, and David was all jovial and happy, having a great time. Then we came back for the second break, and he was all morose. And oh my gosh. Yeah, kind of, kind of rained on his parade a little bit. Morbid Mo, <laughs> Misery Mo, Misery Loves Company misery. Mo. However you wanna, yeah. <laughs> however you wanna put it, but we're gonna uplift David Stepan. We're gonna uplift our producer and, and Raider fans who've listened to the show who are kind of like, ah, oh, we're gonna be a four-win team. There's some, there's still some players out there that the Raiders can pick up to improve yep. their defense and patch things up. And if again, if they have a good draft. You know, it could go pretty well for them. And there's a small percentage of, of very vocal Raiders fans out there who would like to win three games and get Caleb Williams. So some of them are looking at that as a positive. But I know most of you aren't that way. But there is there is people. I hear from them all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Caleb Williams. He'd be great as a Raider. I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Raiders will finish in that no man's land again. But that's just me. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, Mo, let's get into this because you wrote a great column up on Sports Knot uh, over the weekend, actually, about free agents that were still out there, right? So so we're trying to give you and David, our producer, some hope that the Raiders still could do a few things to improve this roster before the draft. So let's run through some of those. You talked about Andrew Van Ginkle uh, as far as the edge and what he might be able to do. Who else? I mean, the Raiders need a safety, Mo. Is there anybody else out there that you see that hasn't signed yet that we haven't talked about yet that could be a possible improvement and an upgrade for this silver and black squad. I think Eric Rowe will be a good fit. Uh, he's played under Patrick Graham with the Miami Dolphins. Patrick Graham spent the year at Miami and that happened to be Eric Rowe's best season it was his first year under Patrick Graham before Patrick Graham went to the Giants. So Eric Rowe is one of those versatile safeties who can play, who can line up outside. He can line up in the slot. So he's basically a chess piece on the back end. So he's your poor man's, older version of cj garner johnson now of course mm. cj garner johnson is the 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 top was one of the top players at as a free agent he signed with the lions for eight million and fans were outraged over that but you can go cheap and get an eric rowe who can do pretty much the same things he's a little older of course and a little longer in the tooth may have lost a little bit in coverage but i wouldn't say he's a liability but again knows the system you can put a plug him right in he can play right away he's not a guy i think if the Rays were to sign him he would definitely make the 50-man roster now other names you might want to consider adrian amos who played with the chicago bears and the green bay packers the connection is that when amos was drafted by the bears i believe champ kelly the raiders assistant general manager was there so he's pretty familiar with amos and amos is known as a leader was known as a leader in the green bay packers locker room and a young defense needs a veteran leader. I think Amos would be another thing. I didn't list him in our in that article, but mm -hmm. there are parallels and connections to the Raider organization for him with Champ Kelly being the assistant GM. Yeah, and also in the I mean the Raiders have needs all over as we talked about. They also have need at cornerback. I believe with as deep as the draft is, they will draft at least two cornerbacks. Two. But out of the guys out there that are left on the free agent market, who catches your eye? Who'd you write about? Anthony Brown, scrappy cornerback. He again, not a headliner, not a star, not a pro bowl, not an all pro, but he gives you that versatility. He can play on the outside, he can play on the inside. Again, a very physical, tough cornerback. So if you want to experiment with Nate Hobbs, maybe you put him in a slot, maybe you put him outside, you can mix and match him with an Anthony Brown who could come in and play on the outside because 
Yeah, they signed face on, but I think Anthony Brown would be an upgrade. He has a ton of starting experience, and again, he can line up against the number one wide receiver and win some battles there. So he's not a slouch out. He's he's still under 30, so he's not an old signing. He's not like a 32-year-old cornerback. And if you remember, the Raiders did pretty well when they signed Casey Hayward not too long ago. And I think Anthony mm-hmm. Brown could be that same type of player, maybe a little less on the tier of cornerbacks, but still serve the same function, and he can give you some versatility because, again, he can also line up in the slot. And, and again, going back, to, yeah, a great, great, I think, opportunity there. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet because, to your point about his age as well, uh, but but I think the Raiders will have th- that position addressed pretty well f- via the draft and some of these players that are still out there. But what concerns me, and we've talked about it now for three straight years, my friend, which is in the middle. So we talked about edge. You talked about some of the, the options that the Raiders may have for that third edge since Chandler Jones is going to be there and you got to hope he can play better. Um, but also inside, defensive tackle is a massive need. I think they will also try to address some of that in the draft with some young players. But who out there currently available could be an upgrade for this team who really needs to have that inside rush they've not been able to capture over the last several years. I would be looking to cherry pick off the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, who actually played with the Raiders in 2021, had a pretty good season. The Raiders opted, the new regime opted not to keep him. Mm-hmm. Goes to Seattle, had an even better season. So over the last two years, Quentin Jefferson's production has actually gone up. So he's he's at his prime. He's still, he's not over the hump of on the other side of 30 yet, but he's he's still on the rise with his production. I think he could be a good fit. Now, Patrick Graham likes his 300-pounders in the middle, but if you're looking for a guy who can generate some pressure, Quentin Jefferson could do that. We And again, we've seen him do that in a Raider uniform just two years ago. Uh, Puna Ford is the guy that I really like, though, because even though he's undersized, he's about 5'11", 310, he's a young guy in his, in his mid-20s, in the prime of his career, playing his best football. And he can rush the quarterback, and he can stuff the run. Now, people know him for stuffing the run, but if you look at his pressure numbers, his sack numbers, decent. Again, not a not a ten sack guy, not an eight sack guy, but he can get you a handful of sacks if he plays two three uh, two thirds of the snaps on the inside. So between Puna Ford and Quentin Jefferson, I think the Raiders should at least consider one or or both of them. Yeah, another pain point for Raider Nation, and frankly, just for us covering the team, is linebacker. I mean, this team has been unable to. They tried with Corey Littleton. And, and I got excited about Corey Littleton, sideline to sideline, all that jazz, and it just never happened. It just never happened. Now they find themselves in that position. Who out there? There are some big names. At least there's one big name still out there, right, at linebacker. What do you think this team can do there uh, to, to shore that up? I think they need a wily veteran back there who can help be that quarterback of the defense. I think so, too. I think they could go to the Denzel Perryman route, which is what the last regime did and bring him in from Carolina, and you saw how he played. Bobby Wagner, I think, is the best available linebacker option. I don't think the Raiders are going to go this route simply because maybe Bobby Wagner wants to go to contender at this stage of his career. He is, mm-hmm. I believe, 32 years old. And the way the Raiders are spending, the way the Raiders are maneuvering for agency, I don't think they will go after Bobby Wagner um, simply because I'm not saying he's going to be too expensive, but the Raiders are going really cheap at these positions. But I think if you're going to spend at one position – it would be linebacker because that guy gets your defense ready on every snap. It's yeah. such an important, important position. You just said it. It's the quarterback of your defense. So I'm of the believer that you should always have a veteran linebacker because it takes a while for some of these young backers to transition to the league, sure. wear the green dot, and get guys 
in the right spot to make plays. A veteran linebacker, you don't have to teach that to. He already knows what to do. And Bobby Wagner, of course, being a part of the Seattle defense, being in L.A., he's obviously he obviously knows how to get guys lined up in the right spot to make plays. Now, he his production has not dropped. He is 32, but his production has not tapered off. Yeah, Still had 140 tackles last season. I believe 10 pass breakups. Still performing 10, 10 tackles for loss, five pass breakups, but still performing at a very high level. Wasn't going, did go to the Pro Bowl, but still a quality player, still the best linebacker, off ball linebacker on the market. If the Raiders do want a veteran, he should be the guy. The other thing we've talked about over the years, of course, has been the offensive line. The offensive line got better. They're not near top in the league or any of that. There's a lot of work to be done there. They signed Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, we talked about it. You had a nice little uh, Twitter bromance with him back and forth, uh, congratulating him. But no, he deserved the money, and 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 it's good to see somebody work hard and to do that, and he, he pledges to get even better. So we'll see how that works out. Still, they need depth on the offensive line. Anybody out there as well in the free agent pool still left that looks like a good fit for this team to add depth, or or do you think they're going to have to go a different route? I'm surprised they haven't signed Isaiah Wynn yet. If you mm -hmm. remember last year during yeah, we the season, there were there were rumors that maybe Isaiah Wynn would be on the move, but I believe he was banged up. But, I mean, New England drafted him in the first round of 2018, so I'm surprised yeah. that they Joshua Daniels hasn't brought him over. There has to be something there going on. Maybe he's contemplating other options. Maybe they've mm -hmm. offered something to him and he felt like he wants more. But I'm shocked he wasn't one of the first additions simply because the Patriots had a high mark on him, obviously, dra again, drafting him in the first round of 2018. And he has position versatility. He played guard at Georgia before he moved to left tackle. And he's played on both sides of, of the line at left and right tackle in New England. So he gives you that versatility. It's kind of like a Jimmy G situation. You want him to stay healthy. But when he's on the field, he could be productive. He could be a solid pass protector. Yeah, and some of these guys, I think, you know, when you're in the – bargain basement hunting business <laughs> when you're trying to get as cheap as you can guys in some of these players they they wait out there right and you might wait it out and take the risk it is a risk it's a gamble that their price will come down as they get more nervous as you get close especially especially as the draft comes right and and you see it seeing young players come in these veterans that have not been signed they want to catch on they want to make sure they're getting a paycheck and have an opportunity so the raiders may be able to play that game but it's going to be interesting mo the next couple of weeks and i know the remainder of this week we'll start talking we'll see what else they do if anything this week but then we'll start talking and looking forward to the nfl draft which is just over a month away which whew, it's coming quick We'll start getting into all of that, and uh, we'll have a series of guests here to help us analyze what could be going on with this draft. First, we'll give you kind of a high-level overview of the draft, where it's strong, where it's not, who to watch. Then we'll start drilling down into the Raiders specific. But, Mo, if you have, in parting, as we close the show today, if you have some parting words for Raiders fans who are feeling down, not feeling real positive about the direction of the team, what would you say to them? I would say you should be excited for the draft simply because as we outlined in the first segment, that's where the Raiders have put themselves in bad situations with poor or underwhelming draft classes. Because think about it. If you draft well, you don't have to spend as much in free agency because you're filled, you've filled those spots with guys on rookie contracts. So if you're a Raider fan out there listening to us right now, I would say study up on these draft prospects because this draft class, I would compare it to the 2019 class in which it's, 
it's very important. It's crucial for this regime. It's crucial for the Raiders' future because if they, again, if they hit it out of the park with this draft class, class then next year should be a lot better. The year after it should be a lot better. And then they'll have more cap flexibility because some of those guys will come off their dead cap payroll. Mm-hmm. So not only will you have productive rookies, now you'll be able to spend in free agency, and that's how you get a playoff team. So I would tell fans out there, be excited for the draft. The Raiders have 12 picks. I don't think they're going to make 12 selections. They're going to make some trades, of course. But be excited for this draft because it's important for their rebuild. And they have a top 10 pick. They have a pick number seven. Who knows? They can get a quarterback. They can get a top defensive player. It's a time I know for HC is not that wasn't that excited, but I think the draft will get you the headlines that you've been looking for. Well, and I also think I, I feel bad for Raider Nation because um, it's hard for them to get to get to look forward to the draft because they've recently been such a disappointment. I mean, even the Henry Rugg situation, of course, a good pick. He's, he looked like he was coming on as a player. And then you have, uh, of course, the tragedy off the field. And so I think they're even dejected there. But this time you get you get to see what Dave Ziegler can do. If you're if you're skeptical, right. which a lot of you are about Dave Ziegler, which is totally fine. I got no problem with skepticism because you know what? Everybody's got to prove themselves. So he gets a job. He gets an opportunity to prove themselves. And, and so we'll see what they do. But I, I'm excited to cover it with Mo and to talk about it with you guys, because I think they're going to be able to do something uh, at the top of the draft. And who knows what they're going to do with those picks, as Mo said. And if they're done getting picks, they may get more. And if they do that, then we'll kind of start to see things fall into shape. But it'll be good. Mo, what do you got going the rest of the week? People need to uh, to to watch or listen. I know you did a, a Bleach Report chat. Uh, I think it was on Monday. What else you got coming up before we come back and talk to them on Thursday? I'm actually going to break down some of the, believe it or not, some of the signings that they had. A lot of people are wondering, like, is this guy going to start? Is this guy going to be a special teamer? Is he just a camp body? I'll go. I'll filter through that and let you know, like who I think is pri- is primed to make the fifty man roster. I again, I believe that I don't believe that Dave Ziegler is done in free agency. I believe that he got more active on Monday for a reason, and you touched on it. I think he's waiting for certain players to come down on their price. So you're going to start to see more signings coming in that may tickle your fancy a little bit may get you a little excited again i said (laughs) austin hooper could be a starter week one if the raiders uh sign him after he takes a visit on wednesday so i'll break down so all the signs not all of them but the important notable signings and let you know who could start who could be a backup who could fill some spots of need that the raiders have to fill this upcoming season that's right uh that'll be good stuff make sure you go read it follow mo on twitter m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n read his stuff up on bleacher report if you want a good uh, overview of the entire league and everything that's going on, and then if you want to read specifically Raiders, as he mentioned, check out sportsnot.com where you can follow him there. You can hit him up, call Midtown Mo, hashtag Midtown Mo all the time. Got to get that trending one of these days. Yes, we will. We'll get it trending. Uh, but my friend, I will talk to you on Thursday. We'll start to look ahead at what else the Raiders have done and also start to talk a little draft as we move forward. Absolutely. I hope I put a, a smile on David's face because, you know, he really, uh, <laughs> really made me really made me sad with his sad face in between. the well, breaks. I hope well, I cheered him up a little bit. Let's do a live look in on our producer. There you see. Oh, I don't know. He's there David, he you're still looking. There little, he is. I got to. I got to. Yeah, no, he's all right. Look, he's I got, good. I got to unmute him here. David, are you OK? Thanks, Mo. Are you OK? Yeah, David? yeah, you know, talking about guys like Isaiah Wynn, Bobby Wagner really lifted my spirits. And I hope Raider Nation. Uh, is is fired up, you know that that was a great way to close it out, guys. Really, thank you. Thanks, Mo. Seriously, I, you're I, not more Mo anymore. No, 
He's back. He's, 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 he's back to Midtown Mo, and uh, that's uh, we had to, we just had to bring on David there real quickly. Uh, but he's he's in the bunker in Las Vegas producing the show, so we had to make sure it does. He's he's 14 feet underground to protect him from any outfall from the Raiders uh, not signing anybody. So we're good. But anyway, my man, I will talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good. All right. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for being with us here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. I want to thank our producer, David Stepanian, for all the work he does, my partner, Mo Moten, and for all of us here at Odyssey and Silver and Black today. Have a great week, Raider Nation. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll talk to you then. Take care.